Welcome to Get Up in the Cool, old-time music with Cameron DeWitt and friends. This week's friend is William Cedars Mosheim of Cedars Instruments and Carling and Will. We recorded this in front of a live audience at Black Creek Fiddler's reunion, and I've been eager to share it with everyone who couldn't make it out in person. Big thanks again to Terry and the gang for hosting us. Will's a great banjo player, and he makes gorgeous banjos and guitars. Someday, when I'm a real adult and can afford more than one banjo, I'll have to have him custom make something for me. But if you're in the market right now and like the way his banjo sounds in our jam, make sure and listen after the interview for details on how to get your hands on a Cedars banjo. Also, I'll include links for his album. Get Up In The Cool Month is over, and folks, we're extremely generous. We're currently up to about thirty-one fifty an episode for my guests but I would like to meet the goal of $50 per episode. My guests have always been willing to do it for free, and I'm excited to start paying them. But if I'm going to, it seems weird to give them any less than $50, which is still a pretty modest amount for a gig. So if you haven't signed up yet, go to CameronDeWitt.com, click the Patreon button, and find a level that works for you. For $1 an episode, I'll give you an on-air thank you shout-out. $5 an episode gets you access to the weekly bonus track blog. $7 an episode gets you weekly MP3 downloads of all the tunes separated from the dialogue. Basically, a weekly old-time EP. Uh, Also, access to the Get Up in the Cool archives. And that $7 an episode rate is a special deal that will only last until the $50 an episode goal is met. And for $12 an episode, you can hang out with me online once a month for a banjo workshop with the other supporters at that level. Think of it like an informal monthly banjo lesson. It works out to be about the same price, but you get like a 20 hours long and growing modern traditional music archive along with it because you also get all the lower tier rewards. If one person signs up for the banjo hangout and one person signs up for the $7 weekly EP and show archive, the goal will be met and we can go back to having short intros and outros. Special thanks to Joseph Glover, Christopher Griggs, and Eric Schroeder for signing up yesterday. You guys are awesome and make me want to keep this show going, which is just a push I need to start scheduling more interviews because it's no longer festival season and my backlog of unreleased interviews is getting a little thin. So, again, thank you. It means a lot. If you're unable to support Get Up In The Cool financially, I totally get it. Just share it around as much as you're able. All right, enough intro. Here's my awesome jam and chat with William Cedars Mosheim. Enjoy. Thank you. 
<laughs> That's a bonkers tune. Yeah. <laughs> That's really <Yeah>. nuts. <laughs> and I make it even more confusing. Yeah. <laughs> um, William Cedars Mosheim, welcome to Get Up in the Cool. Yeah. Thanks yeah. for having me. Um, so, I met you last year at Black Creek. Yeah. Um, learned that you were a banjo builder. Uh, ever since then, I was like, I eventually have to get Will on the show. Yeah. Here you are. Um, awesome. So let's start from the beginning. How did you start playing music in general? Was that old time music? If not, how did you get into <laughs> pretty far from music? it? Actually. Okay, good. Um, I started playing a redemption music. story. Yeah, good. Yeah. <laughs> I started Everyone play, loves that. yeah, I started playing music when I was eleven, like 10, 11 years old. And what happened was my father had an electric guitar sitting in the corner of the living room, and nobody played it. He thought about playing it, tried to pick it up a few times, never really never really took to it and I just one day I picked it up and started learning out of a book that he had along with it and seeing me do that they said hey let's get you some lessons and I walked into a music store to get some lessons picked up an electric bass started playing bass ended up playing you know what a lot of 11 12 year olds play you know rock classic rock you know a lot of the hits what grade were you in when you started bass uh probably fifth grade sixth grade I'd say somewhere around there and were you into like red hot chili peppers yeah oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> who wasn't at that age did you, you know? sla- did you play slap bass a little bit yeah but then awesome. kind of that that led into and taking some lessons led into jazz bass okay I never had an upright bass but I played jazz and through a couple really great instructors and teachers and some friends of mine that I that, that I played with ended up having a jazz band and through middle school ended up getting conferences, background music at restaurants, you know, awesome. solid gigs, weekly gigs. So you were in an actual jazz, jazz band group, not yeah. like a school jazz not band. Not a school. That's I did amazing. that as well, wow. but also on the side, yeah, getting yeah. paid gigs in eighth grade, you know, awesome. playing music. And then I was playing uh, like Green Day in eighth grade. <laughs> yeah, I was doing that too. I mean, so after a couple of years of really concentrating on bass, I picked up the guitar again and started doing that. And that's when I, along the process, is when I kind of discovered punk rock and heavy metal and you know all kinds of stuff around that genre and started playing that more on guitar. And then through high school, playing, I played all the time. You know, I just played in school, out of school, with friends, by myself, and going from jazz to blues to rock to punk heavy metal kind of the whole range of styles and genres and playing in bands doing this and then out of high school just kind of continued more with the I kind of dropped the jazz stuff through high school a little bit and more more so just out of lack of people to play with you know friends moved away where'd you grow up in southern Vermont southwest Vermont Manchester area so Arlington Dorset Manchester that area and uh, out of high school I played in a couple of punk bands that played around southern Vermont and um, after kind of early 20s after playing in a band for a few years with the uh, not so subtle name Porno Tongue that's a very good <laughs> yeah. that's a very good band name yeah. <laughs> and who are still going in Pennsylvania actually I was I think oh I was God. the maybe the 11th or 12th member that had joined the band and then left and like <laughs> and they're still going it's yeah they're they're great guys and, so that uh, like url was available yeah and at one point it's pretty funny at one point it was a hate letter to one of the 
members of the band of some a previous member who owned the website. So we had to direct people to another website. <laughs> Typical punk rock kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. So playing that for years, it, I had a lot of fun, but I got really tired of putting in earplugs every time I played. You know, and so just and, and also some of the attitude within that music. It's yeah. just really, it's for my personality, it got a little exhausting and a little tiring. You couldn't keep up. <laughs> yeah, it was. I mean, it's fun. I still love a lot of music. And I still listen to some of it, but it's and then so. No, so were, that, you, were you doing that because like punk music, like reson like the content oh, resonated yeah. I, with I you? I mean, I, in like middle school and high school, I was a punker. I mean, spikes, yeah. chains. Right. I have had my hair every color you can imagine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it resonated with me, and then you subscribed holistically. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, you know, after playing it for many years, I got kind of disillusioned with it, and just kind of said, "Ah, this this is not what I thought it was." Yeah. You know? <laughs> that kind of thing. So yeah, just and that kind of led me back to more acoustic music which is what I grew up with my father was a huge Bob Dylan fan yeah Olden in the Way is one of the earliest records I can remember you know so that kind of stuff and it, I resisted a lot of country music and traditional music when I was younger in, you know around those years because that's what you do as a punk rocker that's what you do right. in middle school is you that what your resist. folks were, were into yeah I mean a lot of music they were hippies yeah. you know Cat they were they loved all kinds of music but that's what I grew up hearing yeah for the most part and after kind of getting tired of playing loud, angry music, I kind of started rediscovering a lot of that stuff that was really familiar. Yeah. And started playing quiet, angry music. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Some of it's still really angry. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Yeah. And through that, through actually through that band I just mentioned, as I was kind of on my way out, the wife of the bass player of the band had a banjo sitting in the corner of the living room that she never picked up. Nobody ever really picked up. And I'd always had this interest for whatever reason in banjo in fiddle and I never really knew much about either instrument but I had this draw towards them and I borrowed this banjo from her ended up buying it from her and it just kind of took off from there you know started picking up more of those tunes that I was re-listening to again yeah rediscovering and did you know what like when you first picked up the banjo what did you start doing on it I had no idea what I was doing. Yeah, I had no clue. So much to so much to the point of I didn't know what to do with the fifth string, so I just took it off. Yeah, played it as a four string. You know, played it like a guitar. Played right, it right, however right. I could and in whatever tuning I could figure yeah. it out in. And after after that, for a couple of years, I started playing with some friends, and we started really getting into bluegrass and a lot of traditional music. And were you playing three finger? Yeah. Yeah, my my play? interpretation of it at the time. Okay, and yeah. then I started, once I did that for a little while, then I really started digging into the music. So when I said, I really got to sit down and learn how to do these traditional styles. So that's when I learned Three Finger, which I still do. I still play bluegrass sometimes. Cool. It's not my go-to music these days, but I still play quite a bit of it here and there. I lead a bi-weekly jam cool. in the next town over for me that is mostly bluegrass, which is what you find in southern Vermont. I'm editing this all out of the podcast. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah, cool. Yeah, sure. yeah, I'm, yeah, you know, I go both ways. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you're blue, you're bluegrass curious. I get it. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. fine. So actually, I mean, that's that's what led me to old time in yeah. a lot of ways was playing bluegrass and going back to the roots of it. And, yeah. And uh, and some friends of mine pointed me towards old time. And yeah. said, you know, and I just kind of started 
catching little pieces of it and said, Ooh, what's that? You know, that's, I had this real draw to it. And I, and at the time I wasn't playing Clawhammer yet. I was listening to it and, and then when I finally sat down to learn Clawhammer, I realized that the style I had been playing before I learned three finger was really close to it. Yeah. It was incredibly close to an old time two finger style and a claw hammer rhythm, yeah. you know? So it, it kind of, you know, it definitely took me a day or two to get that rhythm down. But once I did, it was, it felt like home in a lot of ways. Right on. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's play another tune. Yeah. What's, uh, what's up on, next on the list? Uh, what's that? Let's do uh, Red Prairie Dawn. Thank you. 
man. That was fun one. <laughs> it's probably fastest I've ever played Red Prairie Dog. Yeah, me too, actually, <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah. I don't know if I've been speeding it up each time, yeah. <laughs> the Tarantella version. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's fun, and that's, I mean, that's, that's one I love playing, really blazing fast or really <laughs> super slow, you know, it's one yeah. that can go either way, which is yeah. nice. Uh, so, like, who, who exposed you to old-time music? Like, you said you started playing Clawhammer... How did you even know what... Most people don't know what Clawhammer is. You know... How did you figure that stuff out? When did you start, like, going to jams? Yeah, that actually came really late. You know, being in southwestern Vermont, I was really isolated from a lot of this. I didn't really know many people that played it. I didn't know where to find music, really. I didn't know where to find the people that played it. And even when I started making banjos, I still really had no idea where to find people. It was really isolated, so I kind of had to search it out in a lot of ways. And I do, as far as old time goes, an ex-girlfriend of mine was has a lot to thank for that. She she knew about Tommy Jarrell and Fred Cockerham and that whole, that whole gang of players that, and it just handed me a CD one day and said, you need to listen to this. And I'd heard a little bit of it, but I never knew who to attribute it to or yeah. what, what to call it, really, you know. Right. And and it just kind of took off from there. And I So you came out ahead. Yeah. I, in the really, yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got to keep something. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was uh, alongside of the bluegrass I was still digging into and playing. Yeah. And, it, and it went kind of side by side for a long time. Yeah. And then they kind of slowly started to separate where I was playing in a band where I was making money playing shows and playing all over Vermont and the Northeast playing bluegrass. And then at home I was playing old time. I was playing claw hammer. <laughs> I was playing learning fiddle. I was, you know, that's yeah. what I was working on. Right and, on. I, you know, all the guys that I played with liked old time as well and we'd kind of sneak a song in or two here or there but it was mostly bluegrass you know yeah and americana kind of stuff you know yeah. writing stuff so um why why did you make your first banjo so kind of out of necessity actually so that's, my that's like over and over again <laughs> i hear that like, yeah yeah it's yeah it's, you know you look at a banjo and you go i can make that so what happened was um <laughs> Kind of taking it back a little bit, my father is a custom furniture maker. So he's made custom handmade high-end furniture for over 30 years before I was born. And so I grew up in his wood shop, which was right next to our house. And, you know, I'd go into the shop six years old and he'd say, sand this. And I'd sit there sanding a piece of wood for an hour and a half, you know. And uh, so through high school, and I'd, I'd worked with him a little bit in the shop here and there over the years. And through high school, I had this idea. I was like, maybe I'll build guitars. Maybe yep. I'll go to a guitar making school. I couldn't find one. You know, it was yep. kind of early days of the internet. It's hard to find anything unless you knew who to talk to or knew where to look. And the only one that I found didn't really jump out at me as something that it was like, yeah, this is a great idea to do. Turned out later on, years later, I found out that was a great decision because it wasn't a great school for, yeah. for guitar building. Um, I didn't find the big ones, like Roberto, Roberto Venn, for instance, which has been going forever, which is a very great luthier school I didn't know about. So ended up in a couple different jobs after high school, and then started working in the wood shop with my father, making furniture, and 
around that time I started playing banjo and after a few years of playing banjo I was playing a, a Dean Backwoods, something like that. You know, Dean Resonator, cheapest Dean you can I find. I didn't know Dean made. Oh yeah, this. yeah. I took the resonator off, made it an open back, played it, made it as best I could, yeah. spruced it up here and there. And actually, the first instrument I ever built was a resonator guitar from a kit that my father had bought me years before, and just kind of sat collecting dust in the shop for a while. And one day after work, I picked it up and started piecing it together, and that led me to start thinking about building banjos and I started looking around for a nicer banjo to upgrade. I was like, I really need something that's a, a real banjo. The price kind of scared me off a little bit. So I said, I'm gonna figure out how to build one, you know? And my father and I put our heads together and yeah. between the two of us, we just kind of figured out a way to build a banjo. We built one together. I built a second one, which was kind of... How was the first one? It's, it's still a great banjo. It's hanging above my bench still. You know, I don't. it doesn't get played too often, but it's... People play it and they go, wow, this sounds great, plays great, you know? So it's... I think coming from a woodworking background, it really yeah. helps, you know, because I understood wood, I understood finishing, I understood the steps that go into yeah. it. I, you know, using hand tools and power tools, it wasn't my first time, you know, I'd grown up around them. Yeah. Um, you know, it definitely needed some work, needed some refinement, that's for sure. And I built a second one that was a little better, that I still have as well. And right after I built the second one, some good friends of mine had a three-year-old who was just enamored with me playing banjo. They'd bring him to shows and he'd just sit there right in front of me, just looking up at me, staring at me and like reaching out to touch the banjo. And like, it was just like, fascinated with the finger picks when I was playing three finger and just couldn't get enough of the banjo so they had me build him a little miniature five string yeah. that he could play and they gave it to him for his fourth birthday. And you still so make those? Yeah, I still make them. I, the, I call them I pony. I talk to you about that. Yeah. <laughs> they're great. They're called pony banjos or piccolo yeah. banjos. They have right a little on. eight inch rim and I use an 18 inch scale length so it's you can fit it in an A style mandolin case. Yeah. And they're small enough where a kid can play it, but big enough that an adult can play it in the car or as a travel banjo. And that's awesome. the majority of them I've made have gone to adults as travel banjos or just fun little banjos. Hardly, hardly tuned. Usually do an open C. So the C. same same tuning, standard tuning, yep. but just up to C, a fifth up. Cool. Yeah. So I usually string them with nylon strings so they're a little softer. Yeah. They, they sound really similar to a banjo uke with a fifth string yeah. and a different tuning. Yeah. Yeah. So they're yeah they're a lot of fun. And with that, so with that, they, you know, they ordered it from me. Yeah. So I started my business. I said, you know, I'm going to, why not? I'm going to do this, do it right. You know, start a business, start a little website. And immediately, as soon as I finished that banjo and put it on my website, I got two orders for these small little banjos because nobody was really making these things. Yeah. And then I started doing some more full-size banjos and just kind of took off from there. And at the time for... That was about 2010. I think the first banjo I built, I finished in 2007. Then the next one was th in the next year at some point. And then 2009, 2010, I think is when I yeah. officially started my business. Right on. Because I was doing it nights and weekends, mostly. After you know, after work in the wood shop, I'd stay another three or four hours every <laughs> night and go in on weekends and work on banjos. Right on. Uh, did you make this one? Yeah, 
Yeah, the one I'm playing is one I made. Um, it's number 33. Yeah. What, how, uh... Do you just make old-time banjos? Do you like to make a certain style of old-time banjo, or like... Most of my work is old-time open-back banjos. Yeah. Um, they're usually all custom made to order for people that order them ahead of time and yeah. have some kind of idea of what they want. You know, they come to me and they say, I want this size, I want this... And some people have a lot more in mind than others. You know, some people know exactly what they want. Some people say, you know, I like this one that you made. What about yeah. doing this? I'm open for ideas. I'm open for suggestions. And another part of my business is sometimes people send me an old old rim that they found, yeah. and I'll put a new neck on. You know, old Vega rims are really popular for yeah. that. So I do that as well, as well as repair and restoration. So kind of balance between new builds, restoration, new necks. Um, but the, the style of banjo that I make really really ranges quite a lot from really classic turn of the century yeah. style Boston New York style banjos Vega Cole you know those those builders or really kind of more modern style stuff or even kind of an in-between influenced by other builders not directly I don't, I don't like to copy other builders that are doing things but interpretations of different ideas that are out there yeah. is something that I do a lot and uh, some get really fancy and ornate with a lot of inlay and engraving yeah, you, and following you on on facebook is awesome it's just like all these just like birds and like yeah. <laughs> like yeah people yeah. ask me to do it's some really wild stuff <laughs> it's yeah. Awesome. yeah it's a lot of fun and, it, and that's where the artistic side of me really has fun you know because yeah. i can really you can be really artistic with just wood and metal in a banjo and keep things really simple and tasteful which i really enjoy i really love doing the simple stuff and letting the wood speak for itself but I also love the ornate stuff because I can really put my skills to test yeah yeah, yeah. so it, as far as styles go I've, I've definitely kind of found myself heading towards a certain style these days just because that's what people see and that's what people ask for um, there's a little while kind of in when I was in the teens and 20s numbers of banjos I was doing a lot of native wood banjos of yeah. native or all native Vermont woods, yeah. which is something that uh, the late builder Will Fielding, who was a big influence of mine, did a lot of and kind of influenced me to do. And uh, so, and I, I still do a little bit of that, but I just haven't had as much call for it. So it's being a custom builder. Yeah. You know, I get kind of I go in a direction of what my clients want, but I have been just in this last December, I started selling banjos through the Music Emporium. Cool. So, they've given me a lot of flexibility to kind yeah. of do what I want. You know, they they say we want this size, we want an 11 inch, we want a 12 inch, we want a white lady, we want a roll brass, right. we want Dobson, and then they just say you you do the rest. You know what to do. Cool. You know, and and they they don't give me any really restrictions, which is nice. So they say make it as simple as you want or as fancy as you want. We'll sell it. You know, we'll awesome. take care of itself. Your we, your work will speak for itself. It's great. Know? So yeah. So that's been really nice on top of doing the custom work, which has been a lot of fun to kind of bounce between the two, you know. And, and things that clients come to me with sometimes are things I never would have thought of on my own. I've done some things for clients that I've just absolutely loved and continued to do sometimes or tried to bring to other clients who said, hey, this is a really cool idea that somebody brought to me, you know, and it's that collaboration of somebody, even 
though they're not a builder, they're not a craftsman, they can come up with some great ideas. Yeah. Some of them are not always great, but then you just steer them towards something <laughs> else, you know, and that's that's part of my job too. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, uh, let's uh, let's play a bunch of banjo duets. Yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> let's play a Cherokee show. Uh-huh. Thank you. 
Oh my goodness. We just need a minute. <laughs> We're gonna play a bunch of uh, original songs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or original tunes, excuse me. No words. Tune songs. Yeah. Um, when did you get into writing tunes? Well, I've been, I mean, I've been writing tunes since I've been, I was 11. Yes. Writing tunes, writing songs. Um, but really, uh, within the banjo fiddle realm, probably, I mean, pretty early on, you know, his like I said, I didn't really know what I was doing with the banjo. So what, what do you do when you don't know what you're doing? You write stuff, you know? <laughs> so um, nothing, nothing really from that time kind of held on that came through. But um, started writing some stuff probably within a year or so after really getting to claw hammers when it really started to open up. Uh, I never really found myself writing much with three finger. You know, it's just playing bluegrass you know I've written some those style tunes and it just never really stuck you know nothing really grabbed me enough to keep around and when I really started getting into claw hammer and really finding myself really comfortable with it um, I kind of started finding myself doing what I did with guitar and once I got really comfortable with that instrument is just kind of improvising and really finding my way around the neck just kind of by accident or by you know applying the theory that I knew and we're just going with what what felt right, you know, in my gut. So, and that, that's probably coming from some of that jazz background, that yeah. early jazz background of not being afraid to improvise and do something a little differently. So, with a lot of the tunes that we're going to play are fairly recent, within the last three or four years. I think the oldest one is probably three to four years old. Uh, the other two or two, I think, are fairly recent. Like some of them are within the last year. And one of which was in the last month or so. What about so. Spotted Sandpiper? That's Spotted Sandpiper, right? yeah, yeah. Yeah, that one is probably the oldest one out of all. That was probably three or four years old at this point. Is that so. like a Vermont bird? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's a bird, yeah. yeah it's a, it sounds it's, like a bird. Yeah, so the, sto okay. the, the way I named that was that, you know, it's kind of a hoppy tune. And there, I used to live in this house that was on a river, You're like literally overhanging a river. The, the porch was over the water was pretty cool and there's a sandbar in the river um, so it was on a mill pond in Paulette, Vermont so it was there's a bridge and there's a dam under the bridge and there's a pond right right outside my back door and I'd sit on this back patio or on the porch playing banjo and I was playing just kind of playing around with this idea I had and this bird was hopping around on the sandbar and just kind of went along with it so I named it after the bird Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, right. Let me just check. I think I probably yeah. knocked my good, manager Good out. to check. Yeah. Let me start that again. <laughs> do this right.
That's a really pretty tune. Thank you. Thank you. It's even yeah. better with that story. <laughs> That's good. Yeah. You know, all, all my tunes kind of have some inspiration from somewhere of like kind of where I was sitting when I was writing it. Well, that's pretty old know. time, isn't it? Yeah, Just I think that's, of... yeah. I mean, a lot of music in general, I feel like. Yes. But especially that, too, because, you know, it, like, yeah. for instance, with that, I was just sitting on the porch playing mm. banjo, and here comes a bird, you know. What's the easiest way to name a, a tune is something you see. You know? I'm sure ducks on a mill pond is <laughs> yeah. a very similar process. Probably, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that, that's one of the things I've really loved about Clawhammer banjo is how the style that I've kind of found myself playing within it really speaks to me in a lot of ways where just kind of that improvisational style that I have that lends me to find these tunes yeah. and and that that particular tune is probably the most traditionally styled tune that I've written lately you know that AABB structure yes. or even the one that kind of sounds like it could be a fiddle tune or something or yes. that you could hear at a jam a lot of my other tunes tend to have a little more of a loose style or yep. structure or kind of break away from that traditional sound in a lot of ways within that traditional style of playing, yeah. which creates a whole other unique kind of sound, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, man. Yeah. I like that you write banjo tunes. You're not like trying to write fiddle tunes. Yeah. This is like yeah. a banjo You know, tune. As, as a fiddler, if I want to write a fiddle tune, I'll pick up the fiddle. Yeah. You know, and well... That, that banjo tune in particular, that was one that's probably the closest to, like, hey, maybe I'll write a fiddle tune. You know, that was, I don't know if, I can't say that that was what was going through my head at the time, but it definitely follows that kind of structure in a lot of ways. Yes. Um, but yeah, that's one, I mean, there's, there's a lot of great banjo music out there, but as far as the old time world goes, there isn't a lot of banjo tunes that are really... <laughs> They're, you know, they're not like in circulation because they're not necessarily jam friendly. Exactly. There's like a yeah. lot out there. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's yeah. for sure. You know, you, you've got to have something good to jam on. And that it's yeah. and it is a lot of, in a lot of ways it's a support as a support instrument. You know, it's percussive. It's melodic. It's, it's got to fit in between there. So as far as a singular tune on just the banjo yeah. in that style, sometimes it doesn't work quite as well. So, And that's what I, I like doing a lot of with that is kind of breaking away from that and kind of giving a little breath of fresh air in a yeah, lot of definitely. ways. And uh, my girlfriend right now and I, uh, Carlene Burkout, she's a banjo player as well. And she, she's a phenomenal claw hammer player, but she doesn't play old time really. She plays tunes, she plays tunes, she knows a bunch of tunes, but she doesn't really play it. She plays her tunes. She's writing a lot, she's writing a yeah. lot of more, I want to say contemporary style kind of stuff of like melodic, you know, more of a kind of a song structure versus a tune, but yeah. it's still instrumental. That in Indian Summer? Yeah, Indian Summer is one that we just finished recently. Yeah, did you guys like co-write that one? Yeah, it was a it was a tune that she brought to me, basically finished, and we kind of, you know, we we modified it. I play guitar on that one. Yeah. You know, I've been playing when we play as a duo. We do some double banjo stuff, but for the most part, I'm either playing guitar or fiddle. Yeah. Um, so we kind of we made it work in the structure we had, and you know we definitely. Uh, it's not the same tune that she had originally, but it's you know we definitely co-write pretty much everything we do. You know, usually one of us will bring a tune to the other one and say, "Hey, I've got this idea. Yeah. I need some help in these parts," or "Hey, I hear something else in this part. Let's try yeah. this." So, and it's being just a duo, it's really easy to have that kind of back and forth of let's try this let's do this you know and it 
just kind of goes from there. And uh, we're working towards an album of all original music that's kind of less less traditionally centric of our last EP that we did. Mm-hmm. So, and it's been that's a lot of available. Fun. People can yeah, buy that, that one's right? available. Yeah, it's available online on Bandcamp, on iTunes, and Spotify, pretty much anywhere. Yeah, what's and on the, our website. What's the name of your group? Carling and Will. Carling and, and Will. Yeah. Great. Just Carling and Will. Yep. Dot Bandcamp. Dot com. Yep. Or Carling and Will. Dot com. Oh, does it? F- yeah. You can follow it. Yep. Right. Yeah. It's pretty easy to find if you search it. She's got a pretty unique name, so it's pretty easy to find. Yeah, Carling. <laughs> Carling. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and then Cedars Banjos. Yep, Cedars Instruments. Yeah, that's Cedars, Cedars Instruments. Excuse, yeah. Uh, excuse me. Yeah, because I, I do. I build some guitars yeah. too, yeah. and I do a lot of repair and restoration and stuff. Yeah. So, and that that's a kind of a. I'm glad I had that thought early on when I first you know, built that third banjo. Yeah. All I was doing was banjos, but I always had this idea. Hey, maybe I'll make some guitars too. Yeah. So maybe I'll make some fiddles eventually. Maybe I'll maybe I'll start making. Who knows what? You know, so Oops. I wanted that flexibility. Yeah, definitely. I wanted that flexibility. And that's that's cedars with an S. S E E D E R S. Yeah. Not like a cedar tree. Right. Uh, yeah. That's Anything else you want to mention before we play this last tune? Uh, not that I can think of. Just thanks for having me. It's been a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. I mean it's I've, awesome. I've been listening to it since you started doing it, so it's a pleasure to be on. One of my here. oldest fans will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not that old. <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, this tune doesn't have a name. No, this is an untitled. Untitled tune. tune. Yeah, this is the most recent one. That we I've could have finished. like a naming contest or something. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll just call it Black Creek. <laughs> yeah, it's a good good tune. I wonder name. if there's any black. Yeah, there are probably any Black are. Creek tunes. Is there are? No. Might be. Might be might good. Be. Yeah. yeah. Who knows? Let's see what sticks. Well, uh, I'm gonna check my banjo one more time before yeah. I answer. <laughs>
want to hear more of Will's music, check out his project Carling and Will at carlingandwill.com. There you'll find some videos and super cute pictures of them playing, and you can buy their self-titled album. If you're interested in buying a banjo or guitar from Cedars Instruments, you can order custom jobs from Will on his website, cedarsinstruments.com. That's S-E-E-D-E-R-S, instruments. Or buy a ready-made instrument online from the Music Emporium. I'll include a link to his banjo page on their website in the show notes. If you want to chip in to pay for the show, go to CameronDewitt.com, click the Patreon button, find a level that works for you, and get those awesome rewards. And don't forget to share Get Up in the Cool posts on Facebook or in whatever internet corners you lurk in, including Reddit. Wouldn't you know it, I checked Reddit to see if anyone posted anything about Get Up in the Cool, and there was one post with one comment that was pretty negative. I guess not even old time can escape Reddit's general vibe. But yeah, Banjo Hangout fiddle hangout your favorite trad music facebook group reddit all great places to share the show one more thing before i go i make another podcast called think outside the box set with my buddy nathan and it's a really fun show for adults that are immature teenage boys at heart Uh, for season one we're listening to all of garth brooks albums in chronological order and artists neither of us have listened to at all (laughs) And we're trying to get to the bottom of why he's still the second best-selling recording artist in the U.S. Next Monday, we're releasing our review of the album Garth released as his alter ego, Australian rock star Chris Gaines. So, it's about to get real on that feed. Please join us. Thanks for listening, friends. That's about it for now. Come back same time next week to get up in the cool. <laughs>